Hello and welcome to BoardWars.eu, your bi-weekly podcast about Star Wars Imperial Assault, a miniature game by Fantasy Flight Games. I'm your host Stefan, like always, and with me again is Herwig. Hi there, guys. And we have a very special, hopefully very long episode 6 for you today. Uh, we our our topic sheet is basically spilling over on the second page today, so we will have much to talk about, and we will probably cut some stuff to be to to not to, to not bore you guys to death in three hours or so. So with that out of the way, we'll start right into our first um, what's it called our first topic news, and. Uh, we had a few news actually. We had some some FFG news this past two weeks. Uh, FFG um, had a new article, a new skirmish article about uh, tactics for the alliance. I think no, new tactics for the rebel alliance. They called it, which is basically a, uh, an article about skirmish and about how to build an alliance army that might even take down the Vader's fist or some of the ATST or Royal Guard champion lists that are out there currently. I don't fully agree with the um, with the article because uh, instead of the troopers, I think you should take the you should either take more rebel saboteurs or e- even Luke Skywalker or so. But that's maybe maybe I haven't enough skirmish experience until now. But um, so basically, the the article lists um, a rebel list that is Han Solo, two to, two elite rebel saboteurs, one elite rebel troopers, uh, Gideon Argos, and the skirmish upgrade card. This is the one we talked last time about. I I forgot how they are called, and they are called skirmish upgrade cards. So ah, these are the ones. Cards, they okay. aren't deployment cards, but they somehow modify your skirmish play a bit. And the Rebel High Command Skirmish Upgrade card reads, at the end of each game round, draw one additional command card. And this, I, I think, I, I watched some, some Skirmish play this week because, um, what's it called, Team Team Covenant was uploading yep. two Skirmish games in the past two weeks. They, 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 have, uh, a new, they have a new series. Yeah, they have, they've started, uh, they built a new studio and have now fixed uh, filming stations for Twitch. So they really can uh, make videos very fast now. Mm. They really uh, streamlined their process in their new studio. Also upgraded the logo and all the stuff to be uh, to reflect their new uh, start. Yeah, they have a new, the new corporate studio. identity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I watched some of their games this two weeks. Actually, just two because they only put out two. And what I've they are both the first one I don't think is that good but the second one is really interesting to watch because it's a an imperialist against the rebel list and the rebel list is running four squads of saboteurs two elite squad no wait three normal squads and one elite squad even if the the player who's running the rebel list would have had points for another elite rebel Saboteur squad, but whatever. So it was interesting to watch because he was playing against basically a Vader's fist list, and uh, but in both games, I think uh, you could see that the, um, sometimes the, um, the luck of the of the game hinges mostly upon the command cards you draw, because especially in the second game, I think uh, what's it called. It, 
uh, the rebel player drew uh, take the initiative and uh, son of skywalker and another one i can't remember now but basically what it boils down to he was able to move his rebel saboteurs in the front wait for vader to with gideon of course wait for vader to come out shoot at him uh, move uh, luke into posi position and then with son of skywalker attack and attack again and take the initiative in the second turn so he was uh, focusing hardcore on vader in the first two turns and he almost brought him down this made him made the imperial player retreat him and be indecisive with him so it kind of tipped the, the favor uh, uh, into the uh, rebels rebel players hands but like i said it uh, hinged it most of it was because of the very good command card combinations he drew and since you only that the command card deck currently is 15 cards and you draw one per round plus one for each terminal you control and i think you start with four is this right i can i think you start with four yeah and i think it's four i think it's four so basically and most of the skirmish missions don't last more than four rounds so even even if you last if even if the the, the skirmish game lasts four rounds you have three status phases in which you can draw cards if you control a terminal it's six cards you draw plus the four you have in hand is 10 at the most usually you should draw between eight and nine or so and you should take into account that most of these cards come into come into your hand later in the game because it, it takes some time to draw them for the rounds so they sometimes appear if you uh, after they would be valuable valuable so uh, the command card stuff it, just uh, I I think it's too much luck based currently in what you draw actually because you you can most of the cards you can only include once or maybe twice in the deck and it's kind of a a, a long shot to wait for some cards like lock on or take initiative which could uh, give you a, a very big boost at the start of the game for instance so this is I think we will uh, we will see units that are specialized for skirmish game just on uh you controlling the command card deck so we will have support units that may only yeah. mm -hmm. only uh use will be manipulate uh, manipulating the deck. yeah manipulating the deck yeah uh, this, this is also yeah sorry you go we're still very early in, in yeah this of game, course so. yeah but they i think playtesting this they should have seen that yeah. the Either I would have fit. I know it's not a card game. I, maybe I'm a bit spoiled because I'm. I, I play a lot of the Rings the card game sometimes, and there you draw six cards to start, and you have uh, mechanics to draw much more cards per round. So and the rounds, the the, the missions usually or the, the quests usually last for seven to eight rounds. So it's a bit more. And I know this isn't a card game, but if they include the card deck in the skirmish. Part, they should maybe use it a little bit better maybe increase the card pool there and then make you draw more cards per round or something because like like they, they, they did in the article the rebel high command card it's a huge boost you it's it's hard to hard to even uh, imagine how how huge this boost actually is because if you if you play a game with where you go to the fifth round and draw have one terminal lockdown for every round, which is it's, it just gives you more possibilities. Yeah, yeah, you draw you draw 
you're more flexible. It's your entire deck, you draw your entire deck in, yeah. in one game. That it's that is huge, and this is this is much more. Uh, this this was very visible in the second game of the Team Covenant games because the Imperial player didn't manage to get him uh, a unit besides a terminal, so he was drawing only one card per round, where while the Rebel player was drawing two cards per round, and this quickly adds up. If you have Rebel High Command, it's another card per round, so you draw three cards per round, which is actually um, an amount I would be more comfortable with. But um, the other player, of course, it is, is lagging behind massively, and you can use the cards basically since you you have five to you should have at least five activations a turn you have ample opportunity to actually use the card so but yeah so that's that's what i what i thought about the um, uh, article on ffg the rebel high command card it's very good and for two uh deployment cost it's actually cheap i think but uh the list itself it doesn't really uh ring ring a bell for me it's I think Hans always a bad figure in skirmish. I don't like him. He's a white. He has a white die and twelve health. It's mm, he's a ranged attack. And usually in skirmish you need to you need to take figures that can engage in close combat because you you're you're battling over some objectives and of course everyone is rushing to the objective and try to get it. So you will be in a tight space there and. Basically, the whole article deals much more about how to control areas and how to retreat from the enemy, while actually you need to control the space. And maybe there are some skirmish missions where this is more more important, but most of them you you really need figures that can can survive in close combat. So I don't agree with the uh, of the article on FFG, but yeah, it is what it is. So and. The other two things I noted here, the other three things I noted here for news is um, there is an Imperial Assault wiki on Wikia. I will link this in the show notes, of course. And someone, in, I think it was on, on the official FFG forums, linked this and said he opened it up. And there have been some contributors already. And there are usually, uh, usually, of course, right now there are the core set and expansions. The contents are listed. And I think some of the missions are are listed there and what they what the special features are and whatever so it's of course it's mostly empty but there is some information there and if you want to look up or if you want to contribute you should uh, stop by and have a look at it so uh, the wiki grows and is actually useful for other players and also uh, i have a community news or whatever someone on the board game geek forums created a specialized facebook group for um for players from belgium and i think it's uh yeah from louvain uh and surroundings of course but i think he's he's glad if uh if other belgian belgian players also join and i think he's playing in a in a, in a special or in one of the uh game stores there called demo spell and uh, he's of course um, interested in meeting new players that also play Imperial Assault. And I will also link the board game geek thread and the Facebook group in our show notes. The last thing for news today is uh, I think Herrick, you told me this. No, I think Matt told us this on the Facebook page that uh, the Rebel season starts in June, 
But yeah, you told that the, you told me that the Rebel season starts in June. But Matt said only the first episode is in June, and then we have a, a, ah, summer, okay. a summer break until fall, and then the season actually starts. Okay. But I read that uh, the the first episode in June is not a single episode and not a double episode. It's actually a triple episode, so it's ninety ninety ah, minutes okay. or so, not even yeah, ninety it's, minutes. Yeah, it's 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 everything uh, as far as I know. Could be spoilers. Uh, it's everything. The three episodes is like wait up joining uh trying to drive out the rebels from uh Luthal yeah Luthal yeah and that's what the three episodes will be about them facing off against Vader and probably fleeing afterwards how many how many or not. how many episodes was the first season i think only 16 or 15 it wasn't really a full season but season 2 is 24 episodes they got the full season that's that's much better because if they show yeah. three episodes now and then only have like 11, 12 left for the season, then it would But be I think uh, these three episodes <laughs> were written in a way that they work as a movie, more or less. So it's really a one big adventure. That's why they, this will send them in a short period of time or, on, or in the se same evening. So it's like a series special or a special, uh, like a spe pilot or something, like a special episode, more or less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we will see. Do you know when it will air? Do you know a specific date? Because it's already June. It's not June ready already when we are recording, and also when the podcast is out, it will not be June, but it will be June I've, next I've week or so. I've seen the date. Chup, chup, chup. Is it early in June or late in June? I think it was the fifteenth or something like that. Okay, so still two weeks to go or so, or even more like three weeks to go. Something like that, yeah. But I could be wrong. Let's see what the internet thingy says. Uh, June 20th. Okay, so that's more like four weeks now. Yeah, and they already have a really cool poster with Vader in the back. And I think I saw that, yeah. Ashoka and all the other rebels on the front. I think she's more or less a regular. This, so she will be appearing more often this season. Also, Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, the actress of Buffy, has a... Uh, regular role this season, um, but it's not clear who, who oh, she so will be voicing. So we don't know voicing. who she's voicing yet. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. It could be, yeah, because her her husband is uh, voicing the character of uh, Caden. Oh, Caden, Caden. That's Freddie Prince yeah. Jr. Oh, is voicing Caden. Oh, okay, I didn't even know that they are married, but okay. Yeah, yeah. they've been for like ever. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Thanks, Matt, on Facebook for the um, uh, for the hint that uh, only the first episode, even if it's longer, is uh, aired in June, and the rest will hit in fall. And I think that's it for the first news segment. And let's dive in our campaign and skirmish play experiences. So, uh, did you have any time to play now? Because we had a long weekend, I think, last weekend. No, sadly, and I wanted to play with all my players, and I wasn't able to get them all together. So you should, you should, uh, you should play and and um, and have one of them skip so they they feel bad. And, yeah, and I probably. Uh, yeah, um, to get it rolling again next time, I probably somebody will play the other character, or because I like it more if there are four different figures and they maybe have to. Uh, Control one one hero together. Yeah, the, you should like on the three years. You then. shouldn't you shouldn't uh, remove heroes from the campaign mid camp, especially not mid campaign. Yeah, and I think 
I looked at it a bit and I was reading about Gideon the past week or so, maybe maybe even longer than a week. And if you have three rebel heroes and one of them is Gideon, it's it's hard to it's hard to get a get a foothold as Imperial because it's they the rebels are so flexible and they can they can mm. can get so much activation uh, so much so much so much actions in in the first few activations that you're basically wiped out and you have to um, save up for for bigger creatures uh, for bigger uh, deployment cards of course and this usually doesn't work out so it's I think it's the maybe the the hardest combination of players or combination of heroes to play against this imperial if you have a free player game and Gideon and two other heroes yeah uh, especially if the the two other heroes are like uh, heavy damage dealers like Garkan or Mac or maybe even Chin. The other is not that that if, uh, that much uh, better with Gideon, but the others are, of course. So, since you didn't play, um, and you should really play, did you have a do you have a play a play session scheduled for the long weekend now? Uh, I will try to get them uh, to my place. Uh, maybe I tricked them here. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can lure them with some sweets. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, I did. Of course, I had my weekly—not weekly, but, but bi-weekly session. I will probably upgrade our bi-weekly session to a weekly session uh, in the next few weeks. But I'm still—I'm swamped at work, and I—I I haven't got time to get things organized. So I was—we are still on a bi-weekly bi-weekly schedule for now. But we managed to do about one mission a week, which is. Uh, one mission a session, which is okay, I think, for four or actually for six players. So uh, we were playing the, um, the side mission Target of Opportunity uh, in the last session. I haven't, I still haven't uploaded the photos of the of the session that haven't written something about it. So it's a sneak peek for what I will upload on the Facebook page. And the mission is about freeing the rebel saboteurs and then using them to to break into a command room and uh, disable a beacon i think it's i think it's a terminal or a beacon or whatever and the big the big gimmick in this mission is that uh, the door separating the command room from from the rest of the of the play f playing field is it has eight health which isn't that bad but it has five defense and it's not even rolled you, it's just a flat five defense which is that's brutal uh, yeah, if you don't have at least tier three weapons for some of the here, so some of the heroes, uh, it's hard to even make a dent in this thing. So and it has it has eight health points. So the way to actually beat this mission, if you get it, not maybe as the last mission, but somewhere in the middle or in the beginning beginning of the campaign, is you can activate a terminal on the right side of the map, which releases the Rebel Saboteurs on the left side of the map. And the Rebel Saboteurs, they have a special rule in this mission uh, saying that if they attack a door, if, if they attack the door, they get one surge for free for each attack. And of course, their deployment card says that they can use surges uh, for surge abilities twice for each, each attack. So they have listed Pierce 2 and Stun and something else I forget, constantly forget, I don't know. So they can, with two surges, they can effectively effectively gain Pierce 4 and then they roll a yellow and a red die which is okay for damage like you average around 3 damage per attack 
and if you have pierce four and three damage you're already doing uh like two two or three damage around to the door which should get you through the door eventually we found out that um you have of course you have two rebel saboteurs so you do you deal like two damage around so you should be through the thing in f in two rounds or so and you have a, a time limit of six rounds so you should get uh you should hustle and get them get them out of their prison to actually use them to open the door but the the mission i think it tanked a little bit for my rebel players they they did, they, they did, they did free the rebels in turn three or four, I think. And since the rebels have to spend basically one turn to get to the door, it's, um, they had two, two turns to open the door and they were rolling only, they, they were rolling so bad with the saboteurs, like one surge on the, on the yellow die, no surges on the red die and only one damage on the red die. It's, it was, it was hard to watch actually and with four attacks of the rebel saboteurs they managed to deal i think one or two damage to the door and so they were already starting to to wail away on the on the door with their heroes and they actually managed to to, to put some damage tokens on the on there but in the end it was not enough and the door survived to the sixth round with six damage so it wasn't even open and I think this was very disheartening for the rebel players because there were no, there weren't that much figures on the board for me or for my for for our side for the imperial side. I think we had, in the end, we had one Trandoshan hunter and one normal imperial officer left. This is, I think, it, this isn't even even a threat for them, but they couldn't uh, complete the mission because they were locked out, and this is very frustrating to watch. And where is frustrating frustrating to play actually, so I think it's it's a very I think the mission is bad badly designed because if you get it in the in the in the early stage of the campaign you have to rely on the rebel saboteurs to open the door and if you roll bad the mission basically becomes unwinnable and this is I think it's bad game design it's I don't know how and I after after I was uh, thinking about the mission. Uh, between like after after we played it in the in the week we played it, I I think I will house rule in the next campaign that ally mission they work differently because since currently you have to win the ally mission to actually recruit the ally and other than that both player parties receive one experience point uh, one hundred credits per hero of course and one influence this is this strikes me as uh, somewhat counterintuitive because if you win the ally you you have to win the mission to win the ally but if you win the ally and you take and take them on a mission with you the rep the imperial player already gets a optional deployment and bonus threat for at the start of the, yeah. of the mission which is like a it's it's not a it's not a bonus for you as a rebel player i mean it's a bonus in some ways because some allies they do work better on some missions but overall i think I will house rule that for ally missions, we will um, the the allies will be rewarded automatically, and if the rebels win, they get their one XP and one hundred credits per hero. In, if they don't, just the imperial player gets the one XP and one influence. So it's you play for the actual rewards that you use and that that is a bonus for you, and the 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 
the reward for from the ally, which isn't actually that much of a reward, comes automatically. It gives you more options, and you can you can you can be more flexible throughout the missions. But uh, for for you for the full effect of the mission to get the, the experience points and to get the credits, you still have to win the mission. Yeah. So I think this is I don't know why they did it that way. Uh, from the start, because it strikes me as much as a much better system. You you still can take more than one ally per mission, and uh, if you take an ally, the Imperial player still gets his bonus threat and his bonus deployment at the start of the mission. So, yeah, there have been long discussions on on board game geek that some people um, advise you not to use the uh, the allies on certain missions because the boost in threat for the Imperial player is just sometimes just too good. Yes, the, this is this is. I I also read this this in board game geeks, geeks I think, and so because my my players they they draw they drew. I think we had now five diff, five or six different side missions uh, in the pool, and they played four of them. And there should be six now. I don't know. So I think they drew three or four ally missions, which is this is this isn't help, helpful for them because if they lose the mission. The mission was basically it was for naught because yeah. they still get the one XP and the one other credits, which is okay. But uh, if you if you have another mission, another ally mission, even if they if they, even if they would have won, they don't get that much of a boost if they draw that many ally ally missions because they can't take more than one ally per mission. So if even if they have like three or four allies recruited, they can't take them all with them on the mission. But if they get like other other side missions like the character side missions or other side missions, you usually get some bonus that you can use in every mission. Like in for generous donations, you get credits which you can use, of course, in every mission. Or the character side missions, you get an item you can use in every mission for for the respective hero. So I think the ally missions they are, like I said, uh, in the next campaign I will house rule it like this for sure. That if you take an ally mission, you get the reward that the ally recruited for free, basically. But you have to work for the XP and the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the um, the way a way to include stuff from the skirmish game into the campaigns. And um, you think? I think that I don't know. I don't. I don't really think it, if they designed both games parallel, then it was like okay, we have these units which are interesting for skirmish play, and also they could give us some. Uh, new mechanics or interesting use in certain missions. So I think it was a. Mm. I think yeah, but not. I think not all. Um, I think some figures would be only nice, like for a special mission, and don't really need to be allies afterwards. There could be other um, rewards. But left it for Han Solo because Han Solo is is popping up like two or three times in the in the in the yeah. in the current core campaign. And it's okay that way because he's he's a cool character. Yeah. And he has like very cool mechanics throughout the missions, so he doesn't really need to be an ally, I think. Yeah, but yeah, I this ties into one of my wish list items actually. <laughs> but we'll see about that later. <laughs> so uh, this is what we played. So I'm I really feel for my players because they we have played. Uh, the the Chewbacca side mission, the Rebel Saboteur side mission, and I think we have. Uh, let's see, D 
Did we play the... No, we didn't play the Luke side mission. But I think the Luke side mission is in play. And the Han side mission is also in play. So all of the four... Uh, all, four of the five uh, possible ally side missions, they already have now. And they have to choose between two ally side missions for the next side mission, which is... Ugh, it's stupid. And... Yeah, it's, is, that's it, the... That's... Yeah... The luck, the luck of the draw. Yeah, of exactly. That's the, yeah, that's the think, that, that's the moment where that uh, the luck based element can be a little bit unkind to you. Yes, and I think I think um, this is this is also the, the the side mission deck. I think it's a problem for future campaigns, but I'm not sure how to solve it right now because if you thin it out, if you if you make uh, if you like, if you have you, if you have six side missions in the campaign, and you only give the the rebel players like a deck of ten to choose from, so you build your de build the deck from to like two of the uh, gray cards, two of the green cards, and four of the yellow cards, and whatever. If you make them build a ten, uh, uh, what's it called ten card co um, side mission deck, then it's not that much of a variance. Yeah. But if you if you Build a side mission deck like now. It's like eighteen cards, I think, or so. I don't know actually. Maybe it's even less. But you have six side missions, and you have a, a chance of of one in three to to actually get one mission throughout the whole campaign. And this this is not even you can't even strategize to to leave some some side missions in the side mission pool to make them to to take them later when they may they might be more more doable or take some some of them earlier if they are if they are harder to complete later on you can't even strategize with this so maybe the maybe this is this the, the solution is to to expand the side mission pool to free side missions hmm. and yeah, well in the deck. I I would, I, uh, it will be interesting uh, how they will solve the side missions in the mini campaign because with the f next expansion, know, yeah. Twin Shadows, you can play like a six miss six mission, five mission mini it's campaign. It's a six mission campaign. Six mission mini campaign would be interesting. How many side missions you have, and what are the rules for building the side mission deck for this mini campaign? Well, from what I read, is that all of the uh, all of the Twin Shadows missions can actually use be used as side missions. In the core campaign, yeah, and, yeah, that, that's and I and think you can play it as a mini campaign, or you can yes. use them as side missions for the uh, yeah main. Campaign, I think yeah. I think the mini the mini campaign will not have any side missions. So it's because, just things because yeah. because I think they they will not include a new campaign sheet for Twin Shadows. They will use the old campaign sheet and to, no, to play yeah, the yeah to play the Twin uh, Twin Shadows campaign. You just play them in order. Uh, well, they solve these problems in at, at in decent, just like giving you one page and you can have the permission to photocopy it. So there was one side with a, a mission um, structure okay. on it, and yeah, it yeah. was like for you free to copy. It's also so. it's also for this. I think you can download the campaign sheet on the on FFG on this on the website and print it out how however many times you like. But I still I. I you notice uh, how were the, the the small box expansions in Descent Two? How did the campaigns work there? I mean, the the campaigns in this Descent Two they did work a little bit different than Imperial Assault, right? Um, you started with some XP on your characters, um, so you you uh, end 
I think the the mechanics of of uh, Imperial Assault are a little bit better adaptable and more flexible for for this. Mm-hmm. Because in Descent you had you started with some starting XP, so you didn't start with your characters at like level zero, so okay. you could buy a little bit better equipment. And then I think you had two missions in tier one, because in Descent you had only like level one and level two missions, and the f- the final half of the game was all like tier two missions where the monsters were stronger mm-hmm. because the overlord has two monster cards one is the weak monster card for tier one and if you play in tier two you get the stronger monsters and the stronger equipment cards so you have different pool for tier one equipment and tier two equipment also tier one monsters tier two monsters and then the last two missions were tier two mm-hmm. and the, the depending on uh, how the uh, f- first couple of missions went, who won more, mm-hmm. you had a different final mission. Okay. And, and it was, I think, every time like five or six missions. Okay. And what, uh, what was in the, the small box? So how many, what, what kind of missions, how many, was it a mini campaign or what was in the it small box? It was both. It, it, it were missions that, that worked as a mini campaign. Mm-hmm. Or you uh, added them... Uh, uh, as um, single missions to the rumor, so-called rumor deck, which was more or less the side mission okay. deck. Mm-hmm. So um, you could play a big campaign and had um, side missions. You, the Overlord would would draw at random, mm-hmm. and then the heroes could decide if they w- want to play them or not. And sometimes the, it depended on the rewards. And then in, in, in the newer sides, the newer sides missions. Uh, more or less give the heroes a punishment. So more, they're more or less forced to do some of the newer side missions because it was sometimes a complaint that the, some of the side missions uh, are not really good for the Overlord to play, so he shouldn't get them into play and so on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they they give they give uh, heroes a disadvantage. Is it a disadvantage throughout the campaign or just for the mission? Uh, no, it's if you don't play them, like some of the newer ones... Um, the Overlord player would get some item, some artifact, or some some special oh, okay. ability. So it's like he could have mm-hmm. uh, unseen wings. Uh, he gets a Overlord card that gives uh, his monster some of his monsters uh, extra movement, and that could be in some uh, instances. This could be huge if you have like missions where it's all about being at some somewhere very fast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, so it's it's and also it's it's it sounds a lot, at least a little bit like the actual Imperial Assault campaign stuff. Yeah, so. the the side deck in Imperial Assault is, I think, better this in in much ways better designed than it is in Descent. But it's uh yeah, you, you see everywhere in Imperial Assault it's a follow up design, and we will see. I don't know if it will be coming this year or next year. We will be seeing a. Revised it, revised edition of Descent probably, because already now and like in the new campaign book that was re- re- uh, released for Descent Second Edition, they had some rules in it in the beginning which fixed uh, problems in the two-player play, and they had like rules that are similar to what we see in uh, Imperial Assault, um, because uh, now now in Descent it's uh, two heroes plays. I think strongly favors the Overlord. Three hero play favors uh, the heroes, and four hero plays the most equal the for most both balanced. sides. 
Sounds a lot like Imperial Assault, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> what, what, what many people say. And, um, yeah, I had some experience with three hero play. And most of the time we played with four heroes. Three hero play. Sometimes, yeah, we weren't really good at the game still at that point. So I think some of these problems really shine through if everybody's really experienced in the game. And then this, this slight advantages, disadvantages can be really be abused by one, one player because it's still a co in some way a competitive, competitive play in Descent and in Imperial Assault between the hero players and the Overlord slash Imperial uh, Commander mm -hmm. player. Imperium. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So to to come back from this tangent, um, my players, of course, they are a little bit disheartened and we'll see how they, how they, maybe they can recover throughout the campaign. But if you're interested how, about the standings of my, of our campaign, I still I still update the the online campaign sheet I linked somewhere on the website I think on boardwars.eu I linked it I will link it again on Facebook if people are interested so they can see how which items my players bought and which items they sold and which uh, which uh, experience points cards they took so which skills they bought for experience points um, but we will see how they progress through them throughout the uh, campaign uh, apart from the from our campaign and skirmish play experiences, we also I also noted down here on our topics. Of course, I I will link the the Covenant skirmish play, the two Covenant skirmish play videos. I think the plan is uh, one one video per week. One video even, per and, week yeah. So the next one should have, be coming soon. Yeah, and I don't know when the regionals are, but they are planning also they they uh, hosting uh, regionals in in their store. And they're also um, planning to live cast them, so they have. I think they have already cast. Uh, sh uh, twitched is the verb for it. Twitched yes, it. Twitched. Twitched it. <laughs> the live stream. They, the live streamed it. They live streamed on Twitch already the regionals for the Star Wars card game. Yeah, they did it with X Wing too. Yeah, X Wing also. So I don't know whenever the when when the Imperial Assault skirmish is happening. I don't know when the we can look it up until are. we can look it up yeah. until I, the I next know that year. the world finals I are in November now. That's uh 20th of November. In November, not in January. In November, uh no, in they've moved it one year ago. Okay. They have the American finals now at ChenCon and November of world oh, finals so, oh, are so now so at the okay. Yeah, world finals are now in uh at the FFG headquarters. That's why the um uh Build it bigger, like a yeah, year ago. Yeah, they renovated ago. it. I heard. Yeah, yes. they made made like the air play areas and the flagship store bigger. And we and on a side note, uh, they sell a lot of different games in their flagship store. Mm -hmm. So they are not only selling dire the products of Fantasy Flight. There, they are also selling a lot of games from Platted Games, uh, from mm. all other companies, as long as they like these board games. So yeah. that's cool. It's not that. exclusively. They have also play tables there for. 40k and other tabletops and skirmish games so mm. it's more or less a big a gaming big, store a big, big event store, store which happened to have the final fantasy headquarter above it so okay that's cool yeah. they're trying to be there very inclusive and i think it pays off because people go there and play various games and then buy then buy ffg games 
Yeah. Because they're the best. They're the best. <laughs> yes, they're the best. We are not paid by them, but they have the best games. <laughs> so, um, uh, we will link the, the Team Covenant skirmish place on the, uh, of course, in the show notes. And apart from that, Herwig also dug up something um, during the week, uh, during last week, I think. Uh, so, we have the Escapist team. The Escapist is a video game review site that is branching out into board games now i heard yeah uh, and uh, some of the some of their guys and girls are playing imperial sort of full campaign uh on twitch each week they play each wednesday and play one they try to play one mission last time they had to to take a break between uh with, within a mission but they try to play one uh, mission each week just for this week they couldn't because they were all at E3 I think E3 is now and it's uh, it's no, no? something yet. something is some some trade show is PAX, now PAX probably a PAX show yeah they said they said they, they weren't able to stream this week but they will stream next week again I think um, what hap- what is happening that now before E3 some of the companies have closed events Mm-hmm. Where they already show the people okay. uh, yeah, the new be. stuff, so they can write, prepare, they can prepare themselves what to write at A3. Because if these media people would be like all the journalists would see like the trailer like us noobs for the first time, and they then would have yeah. to write like a thousand yeah. words about it, it's yeah. So they, they would c- be too stressful. So this, maybe they are on some closed events. Yeah. They, of course. They, uh, the, the bottom line is they can't play this week. They will play next week. And they are currently in their fifth... Is it the fifth mission in the campaign? It's They're, they're playing... Wait, it's... Yeah, it's the fifth mission. And they play... It's Imperial Hospitality, the one I played a, a few weeks ago. And they took a break right within the mission. So it will start... The next the next cast will start right, right within the mission. And... I also, I tried to watch all of the videos. I didn't manage to watch all of them, but I watched the most recent one once, and I think I watched Aftermath. And I, I took the time and wrote up some of the rules mistakes they were making and sent them uh, to, to the Escapist team over Twitter. And they were very glad, and they they thanked us and whatever. And uh, they will try to to fix their rules inaccuracies in the next broadcast, they said. And... If you are interested in how to play the mission, and if you are not, if you don't have enough enough endurance to watch our cast, and if you need visual stimulation, you should watch the the Escapist team play Imperial Assault on Twitch. We will of course link their their channel in the show notes, but I will also link the 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 missions the or the sessions. I should I should say sessions. It, it was also fun. Uh, it was also fun because one of the game designers, uh, Jonathan Yi, uh, was in the uh, live chat, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, he was on answering some questions. And it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. He told a little bit about the background. If you asked him nicely, he, he told stuff about the designing background. Some how much he could answer, you know. Yeah, of course. If you if you want to chat with others about the about the game, or maybe maybe with the designers about the game, you should also uh, attend the Escapist live stream. Maybe next time they have a different a different guy from FFG there, or or not, or the same guy, or none at all. I don't know. So, but it's a good experience to have, and it's the the, the sessions usually last for only two, a little bit over two hours. 
So it's a, a bite-sized experience, not like my my sessions, which usually last like six hours or so. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, it's a it's a good experience. It's fast. It's loose. It's very funny. So I will link all of the sessions in the show notes so you can watch it. And that's it for uh, play experiences this week. Even if we had more like video play experiences this week than actual play well, experiences. It's the future now. It's the future, yeah. Playing playing via, via video. We can do <laughs> we can try. I, I'm still trying to get a to get all of the assets scanned in to do a roll twenty campaign, but I, I can't find the time right now. It's too much work for me. <laughs> so this is it for the play experiences and we still have to go over some news and community stuff which is this week um someone on is it board game geeks let's see no it's it's on reddit someone on reddit took the time and um recorded himself voicing over all of the campaign uh guides that that um like i said uh, what's it called the, the, the flavor text for the campaigns he was voicing well, over all be... of them and it would be really nice for me. I'm a notorious bad uh, public reader. So Yes, and he posted a link uh, to his SoundCloud uh, playlist where you can uh, look it all up. I will link the Reddit thread on the show notes. So if you are unsure how to pronounce some of the flavor text stuff or if you just are lazy, too lazy to read, you can uh, get this playlist on SoundCloud and uh, have someone else read it for you. Well, it's, it ha had been said that it's very hard for us, for us Austrians to pronounce Vader correctly. So. Yeah, we, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to hear, hear us say Vader. I yeah. think, I think that's, that's great, but <laughs> we will have to say it many, many more times. Okay. So this is, I think this is uh, the startings of, uh, of a, of a very good development in the, the scene that people are trying to enhance their play with community stuff. And this will continue. I, I also, I didn't include it this week. Maybe we can talk about it next week. But someone on the on the FFG forums is already constructing a, a whole new um, custom campaign. I'd say it's yeah. a custom campaign about the Dark, basically about the Dark Forces storyline. The video game with Karl Katarn, the first one. And he already designed some characters. He's designing missions. And he lists some progress in the forums. It's too much for this episode for our podcast, but maybe we'll talk about it next episode. Yeah. So we also have, I also found a skirmish tournament tracking site for Imperial Assault. I'm not sure how, how up to date this is because it doesn't list any, any, uh, it doesn't list the date when it was last, last updated. But if you are interested in how, where tournaments are played, and what the results of the tournament actually were and which um, lists won and which lists did lose, you should stop by there to see what the current meta is. So it's it's inter interesting to to see because uh, they have they have a special section called top ranked squads where they list the the, the armies that won the most points. I, I'm not sure how they rate them actually, but it's it's interesting to look at it because most of the top rank squads are imperial, and <laughs> don't yeah, at the moment they're just yeah. too strong. Yeah, many people, many people are saying that imperial officers and imperial royal, royal guards, even the 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 non the non elite ones, they are too strong for their deployment costs. But I, 
I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, it's like like we said before, it will probably change the moment we have more rebel stuff out. So the problem is that at the moment you can only build around rebel troopers, saboteurs, and some of the heroes. Yeah, so which is that uh, there isn't much wiggle room to actually. Yeah, and I think if you craft after some Wookiee warriors after maybe some stuff with the next skirmish wave. Like I said, the problem is at the moment we have in both sides little holes still in the balancing, which need to be filled with units that are not out yet. So yeah. we will see if the if the first small box uh, expansion or the the second wave will fix some of that. Because I think the well, I will go for all Wookie squad no matter what, so I can have two Wookie warriors, but the, but the two Wookiees... Wookie heroes. The book, is, the book is will, will not be released until fall or so, so we don't yeah. we probably don't even see them for the finals on the FFG uh, World Championship. So that's that's a bummer. But next year, yeah. then. I will win World Champions with my Wookiee squad. I'm interested. I'm interested to see or how. Or with the, my Ewoks. Maybe Ewoks. one day we will see Ewoks, and can't wait for all Ewok list that will win. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't. I can see Ewoks being released, but I can see an all Ewok. <laughs> uh, I can see an all Ewok list winning anything, <laughs> other than may, other than maybe. Well, they probably will destroy a, a ATST. So yeah, they, but that's all they can do. <laughs> only, of course, only if you play on a scenario where 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 are trees. So yeah, okay. if you play yeah. on ten to win with Ewoks, you can't win. So yeah, so. I, I'm 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 curious for the Ewok list, but I don't think it will any anything. But we'll see in the next <laughs> few years. <laughs> yeah, I think that they will release Ewoks and Travas just because they're um yeah, iconic figures and everybody wants to yeah, they add play that much, with them. They add much flavor, so it's yeah. yeah. But the Ewoks will probably be similar bound to an environment or something. Okay, that's it for the tracking site. I think if you are interested in the current meta, you should stop by there. And maybe if you have information about uh, tournaments in your area, area, you should you should write to the to the guy running the site and tell him to include your your results to actually make the the results more more applicable to everything. But um, that a similar thing for the Star Wars uh, living uh, living card game. And it was very interesting to see which decks. Uh, uh, played a lot, which decks, which gimmicks people use, which combinations people use. So, um, this stuff is always interesting to see and maybe try stuff out. Um, maybe get some new ideas for, for your own, um, squad. So, um, I really enjoyed it, uh, reading this stuff for my Star Wars LGG game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we will see how the, it's also interesting to see the meta develop from, like an and a more imperial focused uh, meta right now. They, they had they probably, had a lot of um, yes. meta articles on uh, net uh, netrunner on Fantasy Flight and always kept like okay which uh, uh, there are five factions as uh, so two two sides and one side has three factions the other has two factions. Um, they kept like okay what what factions are played a lot which are not played that often, why, and so on. So they um, then fix it with the next expansions to uh, give give people again a reason to play this one faction, which at the moment is nobody playing. So they change the meta. And in many discussions about the balancing of X-Wing, 
They talk, talked a lot about this. So the FFG, the game developers, really look into this. They often really ask the top players at tournaments, okay, how did you build that list? Why did you build it? And then they try to change stuff in the metagame. It's a big thing in this, was a big thing in designing the third faction for X-Wing. I can't, I can't wait for this to happen for the actual Imperial Assault campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because yeah, I, th- I, I think the, the question is, is if, if they, um, they will have different missions or different missions rules. Uh, like they shown with the campaign book for Descent, they really had like different ru- new rules for uh, the campaign, so not in, uh, fixed through a, a FAQ or a new yeah. uh, rules update, but really like a new okay, release. These are new, yeah, these are new rules for this campaign um, that fix like the problem with the two-player game in Descent. So that's oh, let's see, um, maybe maybe they will release something like this next year. Yeah. Okay, so enough of the tournament tracking side. Uh, the next, the last item for news and community stuff this uh, today is uh, we still have our poll open for how we should discuss missions because um, I was giving, I was um, creating a straw poll with four answers and they were uh, we should talk about missions freely without any spoiler warning or we should disclose everything. Then the second option is that we should uh, talk about campaign missions, but we should not uh, talk about the the hidden uh, decisions the Imperial player can make. And the the third one is that we should only talk about skirmish missions. And the last one is that we shouldn't talk about missions at all. No one has chosen this until now, (laughs) so I think we will talk about missions eventually. But in the the interest of uh, listening to you guys, you should go on the Facebook page and uh, in the show notes either or doesn't matter and click on the link to the to the poll for the for the mission discussion and cast your vote and your vote will be heard so probably next time we will start discussing missions so you should uh, vote until next time or else you might get spoilers which you don't actually want to hear so and with this out of the way uh, we have our big topic for today, which is the wish list for future for the future of Imperial Assault. Yes, uh, Herwig was uh, kind enough to create threads on all the three different big different uh, sites um, discussing Imperial Assault. And why don't you take us away on your journey through okay. the future of Imperial Assault? Well, I thought it is um, a good uh, moment in time to. Let us together talk a little about, um, or speculate mostly about the future of this game. And, um, I started, uh, threads on the, uh, Bot Game Geek site, on FFG's, uh, community forums and on Reddit. And also we ask, uh, our, uh, in asked in our Facebook group. And I tried to collect all the stuff and I'm trying now to give like a distilled version of various discussions that happened. So I think one of the first big discussions more or less, um, uh, started in every of the, in every forum was, um, uh, talking about, uh, stuff from the prequels. So like using battle droids, super battle droids, all that stuff from the prequels and the, of course it's always started 
uh, furious debates of the quality of the prequels. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which, yeah. It's just debatable. Yeah. <laughs> but the bottom line is at the moment, um, and, uh, Fantasy Flight said this at, at many occasions, at many Q&As, um, there is no plans for doing any prequel stuff. So it's we also won't hard see to, anything. Yeah, I think it's hard to include it with the time, the yeah. time period stuff they already have in the game because I think it's basically the current time periods rule out any prequel stuff. I think. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, that's very. It. it I think it's the time period is um, we have a little bit before a new hope or a new hope, and then it's all. I think later until it's after Jedi, after, more or less. Uh, yeah. But you shouldn't you shouldn't cast aside any hope for this because they it's I played a lot of the Rings card game of course and in their in in the release schedule scheduled for this they have special expansions called saga expansions and these they don't actually interact with the other expansions so mo- some of the cards in these saga expansions you can only use when playing quests from there and you can't use in other quests. And they could do this. They could do yeah. similar thing. A th- similar thing for the for Imperial Assault, where they will release like a saga expansion for the prequels, or a saga expansion f- even for Rebels, or some other stuff. And yeah, e- you, exactly. Yeah. You can't, but they they put a put something in there uh, where the where you can't actually play some figures or even all of the figures in normal skirmishes or in normal campaigns. So they have. They have options to actually do this stuff, but seeing as how to, they maybe want to ride the wave for episode seven, eight, and nine. They will in the first few years. Yes, I think they will release stuff from between the the, the episodes, be, between the episodes four and six, to maybe in the middle of six to seven, and then of course they will do uh, stuff covering the new movies. Previous stuff, I don't think it's completely out of the picture, but I think it's unlikely to happen until the movies are done, which is five years or so. Yeah, five or six years even. So we will see I about think this. We will see a um, in in the fall. We'll see a very strong shift to episode seven going along. Next year we have uh, Rogue, the Rogue One movie. After that we have e- episode eight. Then it will be the I, I don't really remember the Han Solo movie first or the Boba Fett movie first. I can't I remember. But yeah, then there will be a Boba Fett It's four Fett years movie. out. I don't care. <laughs> so I think the, but I think the only really, um, way to include that stuff would be, uh, saga expansions. Maybe they do them one day. Um, or the other way would be like that some of that stuff would get into the, current timeline like the nexo was um i think for i hope i'm quoting this right the nexo was in episode two yeah it was in episode two so maybe some of this stuff could shimmer through maybe we see some heroes which are from a uh, or uh heroes or mercenaries which are from a race alien race that was in uh introduced in the prequels but other than that Playing in the time of the prequels or time of the Clone Wars, which was also so, uh, something a lot of people added that the Clone Wars would be an interesting time for for playing. I think maybe they will have uh, a, at some point a game which is set in the Clone Wars period, 
just to see if it sells. Mm -hmm. So we will have like a, a different game that will have uh, the Clone Wars license or the license um, from the prequels and they will see, okay, does anybody care about that time period? Or does it sell? And if it sells, then okay, let's do a saga expansion or find another way to include mm. it somewhere into Imperial Assault. But this Imperial Assault now will be focusing on this time period. So yeah, I only also, if there's I stuff that has ha, ha, had survived on this point could be included. So in the role playing game, they have one mission where they uh, fly to a you have an adventure in the role-playing game. One of the first uh, contained adventure books is about uh, finding a lost ship from the Clone Wars. And at the crash site, on a you find um, uh, old battle droids and have to fight still active battle droids there and so on. Also Nexus and so and a weird octopus monster and so on. So mm, yeah, that's I think prequel stuff is. Is for sure to be coming, but yeah. actual uh, actual expansions or missions in the prequel um, timeline or in the prequel time period, I think this is unlikely for at least a few years, like two or three yeah. years. So, but I think we still should not forget this concept of the saga expansions. There could be um, a backdoor for using. Because there are not only there are a lot of different other interesting time periods in the um, Star Wars universe yeah. they could use. So yeah, we'll see. We 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 could have like old Republic stuff. We could have like Sith Jedi War stuff. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's since it's since the game is still called Imperial Assault. I think it's a it's a it's actually a problem. Of, problem for the game to yeah. be called Imperial Assault and to include stuff from before the Empire was actually formed. This is... Yeah. We will well, see. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a, also, a, also a very lawyerly thing to argue it that way. <laughs> yeah, of, of course, but also the, the game mechanics, they focus around one player playing the evil Empire faction and the yeah. others playing the, the underdog rebel faction. And it, it's like... We will see, but uh, it doesn't fit in any time period in Star Wars because you don't some of some of the time periods they don't have a one one of the evil uh, guy uh, one of the evil factions and one of the underdog factions. So it's even if in the in the Clone Wars you don't really have uh, the the big evil faction and the underdog dog faction. You have the separatists, which are basically terrorists, and the Republic, which is the the current government. So yeah. The, it's it's uh, who would you cast into the role of empire during like a mission of empire, imperial assault during the clone wars i'd say you take the the republic as the the empire and the separatists as the rebels but then you the players the, the players would play the, the the separatists and you don't have that much that many uh, iconic characters there so you I, have I could just have a, a mission where anakin kills 30 children yeah, of course. <laughs> no, um, so it's it's hard to to adapt this to other time yeah. periods. I think they will go on full. Uh, try different aspects, different licenses. But the problem is in all other Asmodee, I think has a big Star Wars license for board games and MB, and at the moment they all started ignoring the prequel stuff. So. 
<laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's the big problem because Osmodi has shown a lot of new uh, has a license for several to have bring out like a timeline, which was a popular card them from them with Star Wars, but it's only in the area of the classic uh, trilogy. That's it. Um, and so on. So I think it's funny. It's funny how the prequel trilogy actually is like cut off from the rest of the canon. Yeah. Some, I think, but it's it's a it's a fun, fun I think fun. it's just also just from a selling point. Um, of course, the, classic, the other stuff sells better. It just has so so many iconic characters, and even if you think a little bit, you had to go back to the Clone Wars where they managed to do a little bit of uh, character development on some of the on on some of the villains and heroes. But the movies itself it all seems that the characterization is a little bit too bland, so you don't really remember these figures. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm, so sh- I'm not so sure. Uh, I think there are many memorable characters in the prequels, but the thing, the thing that the thing is for the, for the other, for the old movies, you have, uh, you have the extended universe, which, which heavily build on the ex- existing yeah. characters, which this is kind of missing for the prequels. It's, yeah, it's it's there for for the Clone Wars animated show and for some of the Clone Wars comics and novels. It's there, but it's not nearly that much content which you had for the for fleshing out the characters yeah. from the old. Yeah, there were really good um, sto- uh, Clone Wars comics from Dark Horse, which had a yes. lot of interesting. They, uh, had, they have characters, characters and yes. stories to they tell. Are there. Yeah. But it's just not that much content like you had with the extended universe for the old movies, which ran for yeah. like 15, 20 years. And this, the Clone Wars extended, un, extended universe, it's not actually extended universe, but the Clone Wars novels and, and shows and whatever, they ran for like not even 10 years. So it's yeah. not even half the time. But the at the moment, ran, ran. the Clone Wars TV show is canon and Rebels yeah. is canon. And yes. A lot of the expanded universe is at this it's moment legends. not it's legends, legends, not it's not canon. It's legends. Yeah, and if they use some of that stuff, it maybe is canon again. But most of the stuff is now legends, sadly. And so yeah, but that that doesn't change how people perceive the, the yeah, universe. yeah, exactly. But I, I think on the so, only thing that they will end up using some of the Clone Wars stuff is because it's at the moment under air quotes more canon than other stuff is canon. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's maybe yeah. how some like some stuff like the Nexo and other stuff could mm. seep into it. Yes. So we will see so, about prequel stuff. Yeah. But I th- don't think at the moment. So okay, let's go on. Um what a lot of people wrote is uh they want campaign books. I'm pretty sure we will see one announced this year after the big box. So we will have this year a small box and a big box. Probably big box announces at Chencon. And out in November, December ish again. Did they were the campaign books for Descent? Of course they were, but how how, how frequent were they released and how much did they no, cost? It's the first one just came out, but I think they will really? uh, be faster with Imperial Assault. Okay, because it it looks like it looks to be a cash cow, if you ask me, because you don't have to actually build some stuff; you just have to print a, a book and yeah. uh, but the, sell the, it for the twenty dollars yeah, or so, the, and people the, the are buying nice, it. They did the hardcover book. It's a nice print. They, they used a lot of cool artwork for it. And, um, they also included like 11 pages on just fluff. So if you get the 
campaign book it's really cool because it like over 11 pages is just like stories about like the 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 place you are now in in theranoth this fantasy universe and how much does it um, cost when i don't know the english uh the dollar uh rsp i know it's i think 25 euros 27 euros (laughs) wow (laughs) but yeah again it's it's hardcover all printed color and how many uh what's it called how many missions are there in there uh i think it was uh 30 quests 35 that's that's okay so it's so it's about the same size like the core campaign. Yeah, and, and, the, and the, um, made good use of all the, like the stuff you have in the base game. It, it really, um, fleshes out a new story with all the lieutenants you had in mm-hmm. the base game back yeah. then. So, so it, it's still worth it. Re- yeah, I would really say. And it has some, in the beginning, they have some rules additions. So, uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they announce a campaign book. Earlier than after two years of uh, putting out expansions. And I think at the moment, because people always compare Descent to uh, Imperial Assault, I think it may be sooner-ish. Mm. You shouldn't what, do that, what, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we do it still. <laughs> but but in, in comparing in the release plans, schedules, because... Yeah, they are very similar, of course. Yeah, because my, my thinking of small box, big box uh, is... The way they did it more or less with uh uh descent, so that's why they have the rhythm of a small expansion, big expansion. And I think they will follow this rhythm with Imperial Assault. I could be wrong, but the moment I think it will be. But um I think they will be faster with the campaign book because um they've never sold so many uh starter no, what's the word for it? St- base games. I wanted to say starter sets, base games, and the campaign book would rely heavily on the um, base game. So it would give people who only have the base game at the moment more replayability. But you said they, they didn't sell that much uh, base games for Descent. What are the people buying them? I thought Descent is a big seller for FG. No, 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 compared to Imperial Assault. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the start. Descent was a very big seller for... Um, that's, I think, one of the few times, uh, uh, Christian Peterson, uh, corrected a discussion on Board Game Geek. Because the people, he said, no, no, it's that, uh, that there are like three copies in your store, uh, doesn't matter because it's like, the, it outsold Descent one at this point. So. Okay. That's it's just like, still few times he, he went to the forums to correct people. Okay. So it's still selling very good. Yeah, Just, it's it's it was until Imperial Assault and X Wing. I think it was one of their best selling. Uh, second edition was because the second edition did a lot, streamlined a lot, made it easier to play and uh, filled the gap in the uh, world of um, dungeon crawlers. That yeah, yeah it was not, it was a big gap. There were there weren't any there weren't that much many games like this before Descent came along, right? Yeah. Aside and from Descent one with a, like a huge box and um had a lot of stuff in it, but still the rules were a little bit uh, yeah, wonky, convoluted. Wonky and they really got wonky and funny wonky if you played like the two really big expansions, Road to Legends and uh Blood in the Sea, Sea of Blood or something. Mm-hmm. And these were like 
huge campaigns. These were like 100 hour plus campaigns. Oh, wow. Who's playing this? <laughs> Some people. I think most of the people, like friends of mine, stuck in the middle of the campaign somewhere, got stuck. But um, still, it was an interesting experiment. And I didn't thought it would... We can go on now. Um, I didn't thought it would come up. But some people really asked. They want, wanted like a Road of Legend-like expansion for um, Star Wars Imperial Assault. Yeah, what's and Road of Legend? It was For a, those of us who don't know. Uh, it was a, one of the last expansions. No, not the last. Sorry, that was another one. It was one of the expansions for uh, ro- uh, for Descent First Edition. And it didn't include any miniatures or uh, new monsters. Just included stuff to play like a really big campaign. So more uh, tiles, more tokens. More tiles. Most of the stuff was like a map. So, and a big big booklet of uh, dungeons and uh, a lot of new rules because the heroes would wander around in a province and would try to get stuff from dungeons and the overlord would move around his minions and his lords and his avatar and they were trying to beat him to get so it's an upgrade for the base game Uh, it was it's not an expansion it's an upgrade because you still basically play the same game but it's upgraded yeah, it was like um, uh, playing uh, playing a big fantasy novel, and the base game was a short story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really a huge and new rules, and the heroes could level up and would all get like a new set of dice for attacking, and then the overlord would level up and he would get new dices and so on. So, had like, it it was fun, but it was hilariously convoluted. And there was like one set which was played, um, Sea of Blood where you got a ship and had like some missions where you were on your ship, of uh, going from island to island and you could upgrade your ship. You could have been attacked on sea and so on and beautiful, com- complicated. And the problem is they haven't uh, released a similar expansion for Descent second edition, um, uh, because they focus more on this quote-unquote short campaigns like the big box campaign yeah how much hours did you put in in your first campaign you would say um i'd say uh, between 35 and 40 hours yeah it it seems it seems a bit long but we the 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 later missions it it takes it takes progressively longer to complete the mission because the the rebels have more options so I think about 35 to 40 hours is a good estimation. Yeah, I, I would say that they have now the sweet spots of these big expansion and campaigns to be like a, around 20 to 30 hours, maybe a little bit more. So I think 30 hours, 25 is like the sweet spots. Yes, because I already th- beginning to think that uh, Imperial Assault uh, Core Box uh, campaign, it's a little bit too long. Yeah. I think it's too long. I, had, I hate to say this because I like playing, I really like playing the game and I like spending time playing the game. But uh, getting through a campaign really, now we have four players uh, on the rebel side and two players mm-hmm. on the imperial side. And we, it took, it, t- it took us more than almost five hours to complete imperial hospitality, which is, <laughs> it's one mission of 12. And so I expect to, to have a playtime of almost 50 hours. Uh, yeah, maybe this time around. Maybe you have a little bit 
Yeah, of course. I don't know if you have spent more time because you're debating more with um, another player playing Imperium. I don't know if this really draws. No, out. no, no. It's it's my 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 players usually they they like to they like to play the game to its fullest, so they like to yeah, okay. develop strategies, and it's it's okay this way. I I know uh, I recognize that our group certainly does like we take one hundred fifty to two hundred percent the time of a normal group. Uh, <laughs> I, I recognize th- I recognize this, but uh, it's still even if we would only take half the time, it will still be too long. So yeah. uh, I I I have it's also on my wish list. If we manage to to do the the, the forum and your wishes, will come to mind. I I will have I have some 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 thoughts about yeah. this. Okay, yeah, then I will try to speed it up a little bit. No, no, don't w- take it. Uh, what several people like um, Gunnar. N- 79 from the FFG forum posted, which I totally forgot, is uh, the co-op system for the campaign. There's a co-op system. There's a co-op variant of uh, Descent out there where you play with uh, automated overlord and um, have a random, more or less a random dungeon building. Okay. And How the mechanics the... are there and... Can, can yep. you can you can you explain for uh, in a short version? Do you know how the automated all- overload works and how? Ah uh, yes, work? you um, there. In every you have, you face only four different types of monsters. Okay. So in our case, it would be four different or three different deployment cards. Kind yes. deployment cards, and they have um rule uh rules how they work if they are discovered. So it's, we would say like, shoot the first hero in line of sight or so on. So they have like automated rules. Um, is this and somewhat randomized or? No, I... it's, uh, fixed for the campaign. It's like okay. every campaign, uh, of, there are now three released. And at some point we will get probably a, a, a bigger version of this or it, the rules are included in a bigger box or something like that. And it's, at the moment, um, it's like three uh, little card expansions only that have like the rules for cooperative play. And also through the random dungeons, you get loot and XP and level your character up during play. And normally you can finish it in a three, two or three, two hour play. Okay. Have a little leveling up, getting some loot, some money. Because I'm very, and... very, very, uh, very interested in this because it's uh, it takes less time to... And, le- and less organization to 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 get around like three yeah. players than five or six players. So yeah, and you can you can try out a little bit of stuff because I think for me the mo- problem now at the moment with descent is that uh, I have like for every hero eight. I don't know now if I'm counting right eight or nine different classes he could choose. Yeah, but so I will never play all the classes in campaign play, but. You can this do could it give with me the co- co-op stuff, exactly, yes. and I okay. could in co-op I could try out uh, my hero as different classes, try out different. Um, so that's because it's a easier, smaller uh, version of the game to play. So I, I totally forgot about the co-op, or never thought it could be used in in the Star Wars game, but it it could make sense. It's more or less. Real. I would really like it because it's also. Uh, opens up the door for much much more cinematic uh, missions. It's also on my wish list. I will talk about it when we get to my stuff. Um, next thing is uh, Wonder War 
from the FHG forum uh, was, I think, and several other also posted this. They want to have like evil droids and want to play like more missions that would fit into the droid uprising. And um, I think in the expanded universe, it's IG88 who starts more or less tries to start a robot re uh, droid rebellion. So they want to see some droid re droid rebellion stuff. So I think a, a droid expansion is is one thing you can count on during uh, somewhere down the line. Yeah, a, a mostly droid droid focused expansion, of course, because we already start to see droids uh, not only in the base game but in the wave one now and the wave two, and there isn't anything in the wave three, but it will be included in the in the big box some droid stuff. So. Uh, Maybe maybe one of the small boxes will be droid only, because that's it seems logical. Yeah, and um, I think droid uprising would be a fun scenario to play. And yeah, of course. Um, uh, some people want to see some stuff from the Black Sun or Prince Xior. Is it the way he's pronounced? Uh, I don't actually know this guy. He's the leader of the Black Sun criminal syndicate. Okay. Okay. And the Black Sun is like a criminal syndicate. I think it was introduced in um, the uh, what was it called the, in the nineties? The but it Empire was... at War, the Dark Sun. What was the where they had the video game, comics, and oh wait, wait, N not Shadows oh, of the Empire. Yeah, exactly, Shadows in the Empire. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He was in, uh, introduced with Shadow the, because Shadow of the Empire was like. Comics, action mm -hmm. figures, I know, video games. Video it was games. like a tried cross media, um, and telling new st stories in the Star Wars universe. And, um, so maybe, maybe we see, uh, uh, I think that the twin, twin shadows will feature most of, I think it will be like headhunter stuff. Maybe we can see a, a smuggler expansion where Talon Karate or or whatever it's called. Well, they're, they're, they they're heavily appear. used. Black Sun and also Prince Xero are heavily used in the uh, uh, Star Wars LCG card game. So, yeah, a smuggler, a smuggler stuff so, expansion so they, they, might yeah, be cool. They, they, they use it in the card game, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know if if Black Sun, if Dash Render, all this stuff is canon or if it's just it's not like, it's it's legend i think it's legend okay it's legend yes it's all legend apart from the movie it's all legend okay um boop, boop, boop. of course a lot of people i can't really name them all everybody wants uh snow troopers hoth 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 and <laughs> of course everybody is waiting for the princess leia version um of the of the hero pack so of course everyone's waiting for this <laughs> Even why, someone but, like why, but why? Is, but why isn't no? Isn't anyone waiting for the Mon Mothma hero version? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Uh, scrolling down, scrolling down. Um, yeah, Cloud City, of course. Um, chorus and stuff. So maybe some expansion where you have a lot of missions playing in one of the cities. Coruscant, Taris, something like that, which would be interesting to have like, because the missions now are mostly based, um, little military bases or. Yeah, compounds and the wilderness yeah. and, or. So it could be interesting. They did a similar thing. I'm coming back to Descent, second edition. <laughs> they had like one big box campaign, which only played like in, in, uh, a city and had some 
new rules and some stuff that really took uh, advantage of the city setting. So uh, we could see it, but there's no reason why they wouldn't do it. So yeah, and some people, also I think it, it came also up very often, Kyle Katan and Dash Render, and many people pointed out they want to have like some of the some of these characters as a playable version, so that they could play Kyle Katanen as a hero or Dash Render as a hero. I think they will they will stick to the model that the, the heroes will basically be no names and uh, the named figures, the characters, they will be allies or something. Or maybe objectives or something that helps you during the mission. But I think this is a this is I think it's actually a good design choice because you're crafting your own story with yeah. the at least of course this is of of course only true for non saga expansions. If they ever do saga expansions about uh, really uh, stuff about the movies or maybe about Rebels, you will play the big big name figures. Yeah, as, then as, it will be only like players. Yeah, but uh, apart from that, they will stick to the to their to their guns and say you only play no names and you craft your own adventure and maybe the the big names will help you along the way, but usually you will do your own thing. Yeah, um, I looked into it a little bit because I was curious if this could work with um, the time the joint rebellion um, and I think it could work for uh, Kyle Kantan yeah because in the beginning he was just uh, doing commando missions and small missions for the um, uh, rebels so I, I think Kyle Kantan could work as a hero character but um. then but then, not, just, not so sure, but we will see. Yeah, it would. I also looked into if it would fit from the time period. So, time period shouldn't be a problem because Kaikatan, most of the stuff he did was um, a few years after Return of the Jedi, so it should be in the in the later parts of the time period. Yeah, but some stuff he, he joined the rebellion. Uh, yeah, he joined later. I think he he joined after after after. So he didn't join until... Um, Till I think he was Jedi because in like I said I, I was playing Jedi Knight 2 Outcast again and at this point he isn't fully involved with the rebellion like it's already the New Republic I think so um, he, he he's doing he's doing contracting I, work yeah I, I just so read it up on, on on Wikipedia just to because I was curious yes. and so it says he started in the rebellion a rebel alliance and late the new republic so yes so i think he's the one the stuff he did during the rebel uh to during the rebellion is mainly contracting work i think like doing smuggling runs or doing some some uh missions to bring information to other systems or whatever so dash render would work Dash render um, he might work better yeah i don't i don't know that much about it because i still haven't played shadows of the empire but (laughs) He he's more or less contracted. He's a smuggler, and he's more or less then starts contract work for the rebellion and joins the rebellion. So, mm. and I think the video game starts with um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and follows his story from there. So he is at the um, rebel he's at half, base. I think. Yeah, could could be possible. Yeah, everybody is asking for Mara Jade or. Um, of course, all the all the character favorites. Yeah, HK forty seven, of course, <coughs> which be would be really fun. What's this? Okay. 
He's from uh, it's the character from the Old Republic, the assassin droid. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. So, yeah, and the one thing I thought when somebody posted like a picture of uh, from Hoth, from the Battle of Hoth, um, it reminded me that uh, they could escalate the skirmish game. It could have skirmish, and then they could have another rule set for bigger battles. Yeah, using the mm. same figures, maybe it was just like in one moment I thought, huh? Wouldn't wouldn't that be a licensing problem? Because it's uh, after no, you... it's always mi miniature game. It's as long as okay. it's a miniature game, okay, they are okay. fine. Yeah, and they could say because now we are saying we're playing skirmish, but we could play Star Wars Imperial Assault Battlezone or uh, yeah, <laughs> or not a skirmish we play now. Uh, You'd need m many more tiles Metal. for this, I think, because currently yeah, it uh, would have bigger and more models for it. But the, t the tiles, it's not enough to actually build that yeah, big yeah, of but, a mission. So, but that could be an easy fix in a campaign. So. Of course, you just release a new pack with like five or six. And they new did tiles it more or less. They did it with dust tactical. It was was more or less that principle. So dust dust tactics. I'm sorry, which was played like you. Or the new expansion was was mostly tiles, uh, some rules, and two new figures. So this could be a thing when they say, "Okay, that's this is skirmish level play, and this is now war zone level play, or siege level play, or whatever they would call it after skirmish." Yeah, tank assault. Tank assault. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the, the the ATSD would be much more valuable there. <laughs> yeah, but it it would be interesting. I, I didn't thought about it until that moment. Somebody posted that somebody posted that Hoth picture. That I said, "Hey, I really want to see a AT AT, which wouldn't make any sense in the level of um, in the scale of Imperial Sword." Yeah, exactly, and also in it the would make sense scale, as a, but as a, as a as a singular mission. Like yeah. around the eighty eight or so. <laughs> yeah, but then it would be too expensive to have just like a single mo model for that. No, gimmick. of course not. Not in the model form, of course not. And because this would open the door to you know have like rebel tanks and all that stuff. Mm. Yes. And which make would make sense to use speeders and tauntons and all that stuff that wouldn't make sense in skirmish level play or would wouldn't make sense in, in campaign campaign game so we will could see be interesting option for the future of the game yeah but have, i think that's that's a bit far out there because yeah the first i don't think they will milk this to this be format. to be honest i don't think the next expansion will be already the hoth expansion i, I think also they don't will think squish so. squeeze squeeze in a different expansion before that I think hoth is too big like just from the feedback we got, everybody was about snow troopers and and the Battle of Hoth and all that stuff. I think it's too big for al already doing it. But I could be wrong. We will be wiser after Chencon, of course. And yeah, they will probably surprise us at Chencon with five different things that come totally come out of left field we didn't expect it. So we could do a top five uh, before Chencon what we expect to see, but. Yeah, still in August, so. Yeah. But I think that's the, the distilled version of the discussions that happened. Um, of course, everybody wants to see a Yoda or more bounty hunters, and I could say we will see all the 
bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, because they are they are yeah. like they are like no names, but yeah. uh, they are iconic enough to actually yeah, make an like appearance. Th- yeah. We already have some of them, so <laughs> yeah. And I think we the the picture it will be like um, they now started doing them all for the scum fact scum and villainy faction for X Wing, and some of them have like their special special own ships. So I think we will see all of them eventually in uh, in a mercenary faction. So okay, okay. So do you also have some personal uh, opinions about the future, or uh, like not not really opinions, but uh, wishes for the future of Imperial? I think it's some. I I already when I I think when I distilled out the uh, talking points for this uh, part of the show. I think I already picked out uh, subconsciously or consciously my favorites anyway. Okay. So yeah. uh, I would say, yeah, I agree with most of the stuff. I would really like to see Mara Jade. Um, I really would enjoy to see like Dark Troopers um, or Shadow Troopers. So Shadow Troopers are just black painted uh, stormtroopers, which are like this, a special commando unit of the Imperium. Yeah. Um, dark troopers would be interesting, and I'm really confident that we probably see them. It would be interesting. Um, I, I would say even if they, they could make it a campaign, because it's in, in many th- stories you have like this dark trooper factory raids or destru- rebels all, all through the expanded universe have a lot of stories about like rebels destroying dark trooper facilities so this would make an interesting campaign that's the plot of dark forces and yeah, someone's, exactly, yeah. someone's trying to recreate that already in a custom campaign so he's exactly also so. he's also recreating I think the dark troopers in some capacity but I'm not sure I'm not yeah, up to date to the they have their artwork book. in the uh uh rebel books in the role playing books so <clears throat> we will see scout troopers we will see snow troopers but i think uh hoth will be is a year away i don't believe they will the first big suspensions will be hoth okay yeah i could be f- terribly wrong but <laughs> we will see and of course my favorite is also for me would be hk uh, HK-47. I just really love that sarcastic assassin droid. I really would love to see him in, in some way or form. So so what's your wish list? You also made some thoughts. I, I also have... Uh, I, I drafted up a short list, rather short list, and some of the stuff is already covered in your... Uh, in the, the, um, the topics the guys on the forums mentioned or you mentioned... But what I, the first, the first point I noted down was that I really, really, really wanted to have a, a staggered release for the ally and villain packs. So they don't get released at the same time, but basically to, to bridge the time between the, the expansions, you release them every month or every six weeks. And in the, the ally and villain packs, then they could form a campaign that is self-contained. And that is working towards a climax or so, because they did some of them, some of this they did with uh, Lord of the Rings, the the card game. And it works really well there, because you, you buy the new pack, um, then you bust it out to play with your friends, and then you work through it and talk about it and whatever, and then the next pack is out, like a few weeks later. 
because most of the time you need two two weeks to two or three weeks to complete it, and then you wait one week and then the next pack is out, and so it's it would bridge the gap between the between the expansions and it wouldn't it would lift some pressure off the expansions to actually provide that much value to both of the to both of the play play styles like the campaign and the skirmish mode, because right now I think uh, there is there is some. Um, many peop- many many customers expect the the Twin Shadows expansion to be a big burst of new campaign content, and I think that this will this will not be in there because we get six, six missions and a few new units, but it won't be the because in in the in the core box you have thirty two uh, yeah. missions. This is this isn't even comparable. So with yeah, the yeah. if you if you would if you would stagger the the pack it releases, adds a, it add, adds a little bit of spice, but it's not a whole new soup. So yes, that's like and if you if you would do this this if you would include the the packs or if you would um, bundle up the packs to a to a storyline and to to give each each new each new mission in the in the the pack. Uh, campaign a a special feature that features the 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 figure included in the pack this would be i think this would be very cool maybe they can incorporate this in the next year or next few years i actually don't think they will because it didn't work out to be that way in descent and i think they will stick to the to the way they release the stuff in descent yeah but it would something i would really like because it's it's like a an ongoing thing and it's developing and then between the between the missions you don't have that much downtime because we don't have anything new to to buy right now if you have all the all the packs it's it's a drought until twin shadows comes out which might not be until like fall August. for us european guys so yeah if you if we are unlucky it's true yeah yeah so that's that's one thing i would like to have i'm perfectly content with waiting for the miniatures and uh, with waiting for them like five five months or so, if I'm progressing through a story or progressing through a and story arc or something like this, it doesn't have to be much. It just have to be. It just have to incorporate the stuff that's released in the packs. So this is the first point I noted down, and I think this it would also help other players stick with the game longer because if you just get the few big releases throughout the year, people forget to buy the new release and then. They they postpone it and then they don't get it at all and they get the next one and it's sort of complicated. If you have some some small stuff to buy every few weeks, people will come back more often and consistently. So and the second point I noted down is uh, I also want to have a branching campaign because right now the core campaign it's basically two parallel storylines you switch around. But you don't have real branches. You don't have uh, one way to the to the final mission, the other way, or maybe a third mm-hmm. way. You only have two parallel ways. You can hop around uh, basically every mission, and this is it's it's a very good way to actually make players play all of the missions because you don't have to um, you don't have to. Um, to make sure that uh, players can really choose between the the different arcs of the mission uh, of the campaign, you just have to balance the game. And uh, if each mission is roughly balanced or tilted in the favor of one faction, you just direct them to the to the next mission, which is tilted in the other way. And so they zigzag through the 
for the parallel storylines and get to see basically everything in two or three campaigns. And with branching campaigns, it would be a bit harder to balance and to to make this to make this work that the players don't feel yeah. cheated out of missions. Um, in Descent Second Edition, every of the big box campaigns has a different version of the uh, campaign tree. Oh, so that's cool. The from um, so in the base game, the the tree is different to how the missions are selected in. That's cool. Maybe uh, maybe so, we'll see something like this in the yeah. in the next big story, uh, next next big box expansion. And they had like also in the um, in Shadows of Nekathol, which was the last big expansion, they had then again new mechanics because it all played in a city, and mm-hmm. you had the uh, you could influence different. The Overlord could uh, have a little poker game of who uh, bluff game of uh, influencing different characters of the city or in, yeah. in the missions so the heroes didn't know who was an agent yeah. of the overlord in that mission and so on so they had some new mechanics and they had a different uh, tree again for selecting the missions and yeah, so on. So. I would li- really like this to have already for Imperial Assault because um, we will be finishing up our second campaign rather soon I think like in a few uh, in Maybe in six weeks or so, seven weeks or so, and then we will start our third campaign. And this will already show some signs of uh, we played Arthamoth three times now, and yeah. some of the missions double. And it's it's starting to get a little bit yeah. stale, but it's not really stale. So yeah, maybe we we can see about that. Then the next few sti- things I noted down is exactly what you already said, saga expansions and co-op stuff. And um, one thing I noted down is uh, a better scoring system for the campaign. Because right now the player winning the last mission wins. This is not only is this a bit uh, anticlimactic for the one that for the one player that's losing or for, for the one I'm side that loses. Th- I'm very afraid this won't going. This isn't going to change. Is it the same in Descent? Yeah, it's always all about the last mission. So you could lose everything until then. And yeah, I, I know, I know why they do it. Because yeah, if you it if keeps you don't the do tension, it, yeah. if you don't do it, maybe the one faction is getting too too far behind. And if you if you rebalance the last mission to to give enough points to to to, to tilt the the scales in the in the favor of whoever wins the last mission, it's basically the same like. Saying the the, the the faction winning the last mission won the campaign, but if we can't if we can't get a better scoring system for the campaign, at least what I wanted to have is achievements for the campaign. So um, rebel players, like like I said, my players they have a very very bad time during the second campaign. They won one of the last one of the the, the seven six or seven missions we played now, which is horrible for them. They basically can't get any anything. They can't get anything to hold on to. And if we would have achievements, like saying uh, you destroyed X uh, deployment groups, or you you did uh, earn collectively that number of credits, which would trigger for them because they they did very well on the generous donation side mission. If you have something like this, that's that's. Not that, that that doesn't have a direct impact on the campaign, but it's still noted down somewhere. It might incentivize them the, the the rebels to 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 actually play later missions because right now they feel they feel a bit overwhelmed. They can't get any 
they, 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 they feel like they can't do anything right now. And this is a bad system to have. So if we, I, I'm, I'm, I think already on, on the FFG forum, someone started to do some achievements, but I don't really agree with them. I will do some of them before I finish the second campaign and we'll try out for, during our third campaign. Yeah. Some of the I think things I have in it's mind. It's an interesting it's, idea. The only thing I'm a little bit afraid is that you could have like a, a problem of um, a snowballing effect or a runaway victory because if you're doing good, then you're killing more and. No, no, I, I, what I want, they should be purely cosmetical, I think. They shouldn't yeah. have any impact on gameplay, but they should still be noted down. Like many, many people play the, the console games just to get all the achievements. So you yeah, have to play the game over and that's over again. very true. And so we would also, also play over and over again. I always just to get uh, yeah. some achievements. So like one achievement would be uh, make uh, Vader, uh, defeat Vader twice in the campaign. You have to, to either, uh, to do this, you have to get the, 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 Luke, the Luke Skywalker ally mission and defeat Vader there and get the, the right last story mission and defeat Vader there. Or I think you can get it, get him during the, 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 the other puzzle. Uh, side mission also so there are a few different ways to get it and you have to work for it but once you did it it's an, like an achievement so it doesn't have any impact for the game but you did it and you can work towards it and you can build like secondary goals that make you replay the game without having any impact on the gameplay uh, on the gameplay itself so i think it would be worthwhile to try this i will try this in the next campaign and see where it goes but i don't know and the last thing I noted down is I really want to have official rules for a six rebels, a rebel players campaign where I can use all the six figures and, but I, I'm quite sure that this will never happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how was this? Was there anything like this in, in, nope. in descent? Nothing. Because they have a problem. They have, um, like I said, there are two kinds of monster cards, like tier one, tier two. And the problem is the size of your monster groups is printed on the backside with, uh, mm -hmm. uh, more or less like for two heroes, you take. Oh, okay. So it's one, okay. one minion, one master for three heroes, you take two minions, one master for four heroes. And so they, they would have to, uh, buff it up with, uh, okay. Then you get, one extra open group or one more monster group or something like that that and i think the balancing would I be know. off it's it's maybe a a bit easier in in imperial assault because you have all that the, the threat mechanic and yeah, the open groups exactly, and the yeah. deployments I, I i spent some time thinking about this over the last month i think and it's still very hard to balance there are things like the the space the, the actual playing space of the mission doesn't change, which will lead to overcrowding if you have already six figures for the rebel team and then additional groups for the imperial player, which will lead to line of sight issues and which will lead to melee characters being much more worthwhile that, than range characters. So it's for balancing, it's hard, but I think in imperial yeah. assault, it should be at least doable. It won't be a, a smooth experience, but then again, uh, playing with three players or two players is also not a smooth experience all the time. So I can see it be a variant that 
is that exists like the two and three player variants for Imperial Assault right now. Yeah. But um, I don't know if we. I, I'm I'm thinking we won't get an official one. Like uh, players on board game geeks and fantasy flight games on the boards, they are already working on it, and there are many mm. good ideas about this, but. Nothing. No one has already the time to to play this the whole campaign with it because, like I said, a whole campaign takes thirty to fifty hours, and uh, you have to to rewrite some some rules during the campaign and have players that actually want to test this stuff. And this is quite rare, so probably we won't see this for a few years. But in the end, I think someone in the in the community will do this. And this is all of my wish list, I think. So it's not. For me, it's not about uh, seeing certain characters or so, sudden seeing certain uh, mechanics. Yeah, I want to really see like the the staggered ally and villain pack release. It would be. It also would be better for me because I could get, go. I would have more of an excuse to to visit my game shop like every <laughs> three or four weeks. Not just I do this anyway, but I don't buy stuff there. I mean, I do. Re- Realistically, I do, but I don't buy Imperial Assault stuff there. So I only buy it when it comes out. So mm, I don't know. I would really like it. So I think this is all for our wish list for this episode. It was quite a long segment, I think. Let's see. Yeah, uh, we are already. <laughs> uh, I know. We are already quite quite ways into the to the episode today. So we will skip. Uh, mission card discussion again but we will do them eventually so after the wish list I have something uh, I bought a lot we will do some some lower stuff shortly and I bought lots of the Sith the audiobook again and I started listening to it but uh, because I was listening to other stuff in the past two weeks I think um, I, I couldn't get in far into the book itself I listened to maybe the first 20 minutes and because I was anxious and I wanted to know what's happening in the first 20 minutes. But then I then I didn't have any time for continuing the actual audiobook. This a will change. A friend of mine, list, I think a friend of mine already read it or listened to it and he really liked it. Yeah, I, I, I read, a, a, I saw a, a review of the book and from what the review was telling me, it's it's about as good as Air to the, to the Jedi. Yeah. But I since I didn't really like Air to the Jedi that much, it's a it's an okay book and it's yeah, it's, it's fine okay, by me. Yeah, yeah. But it's not more than okay. So I, I think our uh, lots of the Sith will be the same. It it won't be more than okay for me, which is yeah I will still listen to it and I will probably even get the the book itself and read for it. But it's not like the some of the expanded universe novels which I find to be really good, so yeah. we will see. Maybe, maybe lots of the Sith can surprise me, but I, I don't bank on it. And the, so I can't see that much about it to to uh, in this episode. But next episode, maybe I can give a little bit more of uh, an insight into the audiobook. Then we had uh, again uh, Matt on the Facebook page wrote something about Diala, which we were discussing last uh, episode. And we said Diala isn't actual an actual Jedi, and he corrected us, and he's right, of course, because in Diala's mission, I will put it up on my campaign guide. In Diala's mission, it's noted that she was or 
technically is still a, a Jedi Padawan, I think. Uh, what's it saying here? And you, you get the, the 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 reward for the mission if you win it is the lightsaber of your former master. Ah, okay. So so she she was in Jedi training, but yep. she's not a full I, Jedi. She's a Padawan. I so think somewhere they're not in allowed like something. Uh, during the Twitch livestream, uh, one of the game, the game designers said this. I think they're not allowed to, to use call the word her Jedi. Jedi yes. because officially at this point, there's only Obi-Wan and Yoda and everybody else is a Padawan or is force sensitive like Luke. Yes. Um, so there are no Jedi Knights because the return of the Jedi is at the climax at the third of the third movie. So. That's the moment where Jedi's return and not until that moment. So everybody else is not a Jedi. So for my campaign, I will resolve to still call her Jedi. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's the Jedi, but whatever. Yeah. Well, that, that's the other thing somebody then said in the forum. If it walks like a dog and talks like a dog, it, it is a dog. It, it's so, a dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'd say we are, we are, we are safe to, to, to call her Jedi in our private games. Yeah. But, but yeah. don't tell it LucasArts. And don't tell it to FFG. Don't uh, don't send in rules questions asking why can't the Jedi do this and this. They will write back. There is no Jedi in the game. <laughs> she's just a Padawan. She's, she's just a, a Padawan. Yeah. Sensitive. Yeah, she, she's a haunted exile. Yeah. yeah whatever. So uh, this was lore for today. And um, yeah, oh, of course the lore question is still coming. But before the lore question, if I you're have... still awake. Yeah, if you're still awake. <laughs> no, it's the the episode isn't that long. We are bordering bordering two hours now, which is okay, and we are we are already closing job, so it won't be that much longer until you can win the next pack. So, uh, the only uh, ticket item we have before the law question of the week is rules for clarification, and for this week we actually have two different kinds of uh, clarifications. Uh, the first is uh, cons- uh, concerning prayer upon doubt, and th- this is of course the the first free um, uh, imperial class card you get for the subversive tactics deck, and it reads. Uh, I've, let me uh, let me bring it up here. Uh, it reads that um, you exhaust it. You exhaust the card before an allied fil- figure makes an attack or starts an attack or declares an attack. And this figure then chooses to either suffer one strain or um, add one evade, so a search cancel, to the dice results. So there was a discussion about this because I was under the impression that if you do this for a rebel ally, which doesn't have any endurance and can't suffer strain, it does, it can't, uh, it can't choose to suffer strain. That you that uh, the ally then has to take the search cancel. But I was corrected on this because uh, the rule saying that only heroes can choose to suffer strain, uh, which, which, it, which it is worded, I have it somewhere here. Yeah. Let's see. Um, okay. It's, yeah. Okay. We. I actually uh, sent, a, sent a rules clarification request to FFG and Paul Winchester from FFG wrote back and he's saying, this restriction on optional suffering strain is only on heroes who have maxed out their endurance stat. So an ally could choose to suffer strain uh, for prayer upon doubt and take it as damage because 
if you take strain and can't suffer any you more get strain, you take it as okay. damage. So I wasn't sure about this. I mailed them and there was a lengthy uh, discussion on board game geeks and then on FFG, it basically spawned. Uh, and uh, so it's cleared up now. If you uh, exhaust pre upon dart uh, before an ally, a rebel ally attacks, he can choose to suffer the damage and then not get the evade to the edit to the dice results. Or he can, of course, always choose to, to add the, the evade to the dice results. But if you really, if the Imperial player really does this to a rebel ally, you always should choose to uh, suffer the, the damage if you can, if, it, if this doesn't kill the, the villain, uh, the, the ally, of course, uh, because one, uh, one, Search result on an ally is usually worth more than one damage on the ally, so it's. I think it's. Uh, it's a bit weaker than doing prayer upon dart or exhausting prayer upon dart when heroes attack. So, I'm not sure about this, but this is how prayer upon dart and allies interact. Okay. Well, so for the second one, yeah, it's a little bit tricky, I think. But yeah, now we clear this up. And for the second one, we have another <laughs> brutal cleave clarification. It's actually not only about Brutal Cleave, but also about Cleave and Blast and whatever. Um, so, Brutal Cleave uh, triggers after an attack. So, and it says you can attack uh, any any figure within range. So, if you have a, 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 a let's say you have a, a weapon, a melee weapon equipped with range, and you have um, a target right in front of you and behind the target, another target. And with the first attack, you kill the first target or you defeat the first target. And then you want to trigger um, Brutal Cleave to attack the second target behind the first target. The question was, when does this, this Brutal Cleave actually uh, trigger? And does it need to, because that the first target and the second target, they were adjacent before the first target was defeated, but is the second target still a valid target for Brut Brutal Cleave? After the first target is defeated, because now they aren't adjacent anymore, because there isn't anything on the, on the space the first target was occupying, and this was also cleared up by F by FFG, and it was basically said that um, this immediately immediately triggers after the attack, and even if you defeat the first figure with the attack, you can still assume it to be uh, to be there for figuring out adjacency adjacency to it, so. Even if you defeat uh, a figure with an attack with Garkan, and you then trigger Brutal Cleave, you can attack any figure that was adjacent to the first. Of course, you have to reach it with, with your melee attack or with a ranged attack. So you still have to be able to make an attack on this figure, but you can still attack any figure that is eligible. So and this also, if I combine it with a weapon that has reach, everybody suffers? No, not everybody. Because Brutal Cleave says the, the second target has to be adjacent to the first. Ah, okay, yeah. This, but it could be, of course, you, you always you always can switch weapons between the two attacks. But uh, if the, the second target is behind the first and was adjacent to the first target, you can also switch to a ranged weapon and attack the second target anytime. When, of course, when you use Brutal Cleave. And this also triggers when, when you use... Um, What's it called? Um, normal cleave, the cleave damage, or blast damage. So, 
there was an example given by someone um, regarding the imperial royal the, the elite royal guards which can move one space after an adjacent figure is defeated so if like say fan sickness attacks a stormtrooper that is besides a royal guard uh, an imperial and elite royal guard and fan defeats the the stormtrooper he can still trigger with uh, Havoc, Havoc Shots his blast ability, even if the, the target is actually not there anymore. He can still trigger the blast, but since the, the Elite Royal Guard has the, the, the interrupt to move away, he can move away before the blast triggers. So for the, for the Elite Royal Guard, he can move out of the blast radius before the blast happens. But uh, for all other situ situations, even if you defeat the primary target, you can still trigger the blast. And the same, of course, applies to cleave. So this is the a little bit more complicated rules clarification about when specific cleave and blast damage triggers and how to interact with when you defeat figures with your primary attack. But I think uh, I will also uh, link the the threads on FFG and board game keeps for for both of the um, rules clarifications for this week, so the listeners can look it up if they. If the summer wasn't clear, so. yeah, yeah, um, it would be interesting when they roll out the next uh, Q uh, frequent asked questions. FAQ. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think both of these issues they are basically clear from the rules. It's just how to interpret them. It's so it's. I, I don't think they will. They will appear in the next FAQ. Well, but we will yeah, see. Yeah, but it doesn't. Uh, it, it helps to clarify sometimes this stuff. Of course, yeah, yeah. Of course, it helps. So that's it for rules clarification today. And the last topic is, of course, our our lore question of the week. And first, we draw the winner of episodes five uh, lore question of the week, which was, of course, um, I asked about what did i ask about i think um what's it called chewbacca's life debt to han solo and how it came to be and whatever and for those of you who don't know um chewbacca basically was a slave in the empire and uh, han solo was a yeah all wookies are of course and han solo was a an, an imperial officer which i didn't know yeah. before i looked it up <laughs> and he basically freed uh, he freed uh, Chewbacca, and this is the it's during some comic or I think, and this is what triggered the the life that yeah I for, think it's in in a very old comic, yeah. and so this is what triggered the life that from from Chewbacca to Han, and of course, quite a few people knew knew about this. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's only nine today, but. It's still quite enough. So we'll generate a random number between 1 and 9. And we'll have 6. And this is... Uh, our winner this week is week is Richard Lord. And I will, of course, contact you to send you your prize, which is this time, of course, the Chewbacca Ally Pack. I think last time I misspoke and I said uh, Chris uh, won the Chewbacca Ally Pack. Of course, he won the Royal Guard Pack. And this week... Uh, Richard wins the Chewbacca pack, and uh, Chris already wrote me. He already got the got got the Royal Guard, so everything's in order. Perfect. But uh, for this week's question, we don't have actually a question for this week. <laughs> that's 
That's the new new addition to this episode. Have to fight for it? Yeah, you have to fight for it. In a Thunderdome? No, no, not this this kind of fight. Another kind of fight. But um, for this week, I want all of our listeners to, to bash their heads against their decks and create us... Uh, a card for the the, the game figuratively which you do, they don't need to have to bash against the cards and hope that a new card comes out so yeah you they, they can they can of course but <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i don't know if it helps <laughs> so of course uh please design us uh design us a, a card but not any card a card specifically that fits into the supply deck it can be any kind of uh, stuff you draw from the supply deck ooh that's cool that's a very cool idea but it has to it has to be include it has to be in the theme of the supply deck so just it needs to be thematic and if you want to you can include lore like that the the idea i had was uh, um an a one time attachment for droids that is called fire extinguisher and it creates a mist around the droid so on a droid and adjacent to the droid and gives all the the figures in this mist, like either you need plus two accuracy to target the figures within this mist, or figures in this mist get a plus one block, whatever. Like this is uh, reminiscent of the scene in The Empire Strikes Back, where R2D2 is creating like a, a fog with the fire extinguisher and blocking the, the the stormtroopers to fire on the on I think Leia and Lando when they run to the Millennium Falcon of course, and this is one of the cards I would design for the supply deck. But you can do whatever you want. Just take it out of the Excited Universe, take it out of the books, take it out of, out of the movies. It has to be as thematic as possible, and of course you can include lore if you want. That's a really fun idea. I like it. And the price. The price this week is, of course, a Rebel Drop Troopers Ally Pack. This is one of the two Ally Packs we didn't uh, give away for a contest until now. And I think all of you can guess what the next, <laughs> uh, the price for the next contest will be. And the, you have to send in your submissions until the 4th of May. At least the 4th of May. If there are any extensions to this, of course, I will note it on the blog and um, yeah basically just on the block <laughs> and but to be sure to be entered uh, please have it ready by the fourth of me and just send it to win at boardwars.eu it doesn't have an, to be an image it can be on a, a, a description uh, but of course you get bonus points if you do an image and of course yeah so this is the the contest for this week and with this i will uh, have you send off into the night or into the day, whatever, whenever you are listening to the podcast. Or into space. Yeah. Any, any last words, Herwig? Uh, go and see Mad Max Fury Road. It's the best movie of the year. Probably of the decade. It's amazing. Is it that good? Yes. There's a guy with an e-guitar playing, uh, and the e-guitar is on flames. So I don't know what you could ask more. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a solid action movie. It has, Real stunts, no CGI crap. Everything that, yeah. seems to have normal physics and not Fast and the Furious uh, elastic physics. <laughs> <laughs> we use physics when they are needed. So it and the re whole movie feels real and yeah, also it's a I'll, I'll catch it. It's a very positive feministic movie and. It's like the funniest thing that people that just want to go to see 
uh, a very masculine movie get uh, very good, very strong female roles in it also. And yeah, that's always good. But, yes. And soundtrack is really good, and yeah, the stunts are incredible, and it's everything makes sense, which is um, something really new in in a world of really convoluted city destroying action sequences. Yeah, maybe it's even better for me than watching the Avengers, which I really didn't like because it was just destroying New York, <laughs> destroying New York with aliens. <laughs> yeah. So this is, all, of course, our our time to plug the Facebook page. If you want to contact us or uh, see more about what goes beh on behind the podcast or discuss the game with other like-minded uh, people, visit us on Facebook. I will include the link to the Facebook page, of course, like always, in the show notes. And everything else can be found on the website www.boardwars.eu and if you want to email us you can do this either by emailing to podcast at boardwars.eu or directly to me at stefan at boardwars.eu um, so I think that's it for this episode yeah. any, any last words? go and see Mad Max so I will do that maybe and we will see us again in two weeks perfect bye bye